And I am Justin, Justin Engelbart. And we are here on River West Radio, WXRWLP Milwaukee. 104.1 FM. We don't actually need to do that anymore. They do that now in the pre-recorded. Well, it's just muscle memory now. So I hear you. I'm going to go with it. It's a reflex. Yeah, absolutely. Well, everyone, I hope you all had a, a, a good week. And we are, uh, remember to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Stefan Sports. And I'm at Justin WXRW. You can find all of our archived shows and podcasts on our iTunes page. So be sure to check that out. It's pretty easy to find. Just, Just look type, us up. Yeah. Top and of the key. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash top of the key podcast. And uh, yeah, let's, let's get rolling. There's a lot that we got to get into this week. There's a lot of NFL news and some NBA stuff to get into. We're going to chuckle, uh, leave a little bit more time this week for carve out a nice action. piece yeah do a little slice of that a little slice of life for you make the hour work for us huh yeah we don't we don't want to work for the hour the hour's got to work for uh. us. <laughs> <laughs> leisure time <laughs> all right everyone so we're gonna get into like i said a little bit of nba uh news in just a little bit but we're gonna start in the nfl because there's some news that just broke today it's kind of a funny story yeah not necessarily confirmed uh, but Des Bryant, who just signed with the New Orleans Saints the, in the last couple of days, had his second practice today, and he had to be carted off the field and helped off the field. It sounds like he has a torn Achilles. Yeah. And if that is true, it will end his season, and it could possibly end his career. Had he been? When was the last time he played? Last season. He played last season. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he played with the Cowboys to let him go this year. Didn't want to pay him the money they didn't even offer to give him a pay cut, which I thought was a little bit disappointing. I thought that had they worked something out, we saw, I mean, they had to make the move to get Amari Cooper. Their receivers were terrible. Had they approached Dez and asked him to take a reduced pay, uh, he might have done it. Uh, I think he was slated to make about $16 million this year. Had they gone to him and said, hey, we'll give you, you know, 10, maybe 12, I think he would have taken that. We don't know what the terms necessarily of a Saints deal was but uh, he will not play this season essentially now for the team that just signed him it's a tough break for the saints yeah they have a lot of injuries at receiver and are hit hard again uh we saw cameron meredith their free agent signing go down uh, he had arthroscopic knee surgery this week at a scope and ted ginn's ted been out Ginn, yep my boy he is on ir so they're missing both those guys and the number two receiver to Michael Thomas there is Traquan Smith, the rookie out of, uh, I forget if it's UCF or USF. But either way, uh, he's their third-round pick this year, and he's made some strides but obviously is not the, an established number two receiver in the league. And so the Saints, I don't know if they're going to go back to, to the drawing board here. I know they worked out a couple of other uh, wide receivers in the last few days, uh, but uh, obviously they decided to sign – Des Bryant and now like I said the the torn Achilles is not necessarily been confirmed but it's what the team fears uh, and and there's been a lot of tweeting about it and stuff so it sounds like he's going to be out for a considerable amount of time even even if it's on Achilles or if the torn Achilles even if it's something else he'll likely miss some significant time if he plays at all but if it's the torn Achilles he's he's done yeah that would have been a nice pickup man but Bruce Breeze can make anybody look good they also did work out Brandon Marshall, who was recently released uh, from the Seahawks. He did not pan out, obviously, there. I don't know if they're going to bring him in again now that Dez is out and, and try to sign him. I mean, they're going to have to sign somebody to replace Dez unless they you know, bring a practice squad guy up or whatever. Uh, but, the, uh, but let me ask you a question. So 
Dez did not want to sign the two-year deal. He wanted to sign a one-year prove-it deal. In his second practice, he blows his Achilles out, presumably. Does he come back? Do you think he will have... Do, do you think Des Bryant will play an NFL snap ever again? You know, I, I just don't see it. I don't point. think so either. I mean, if we're talking a year recovery at this time, it puts him in the middle of the season next year. So if a team signs him in the off season, he would presumably still be out for all of training camp and be out into the season. I'm not sure if anyone takes that on. And then what, what kind of player are you getting at that point as well? It's not really a known commodity anymore. He obviously lost a step during his time in Dallas. He doesn't quite have the same quickness, not that he was ever known for his quickness that he did before, but he wasn't getting the separation from the receivers or from the cornerbacks, excuse me. And now you wonder with the Achilles injury, with that specific injury, I mean, we've seen that can really debilitate your, uh, uh, really take away your athleticism and and quickness. You're not going to be able to plant off that. And with receivers, you know, trying to run routes and plant and and change direction and all that. Just being out of the league for a year. Yeah, I don't see it happening. I think his NFL career is done, unfortunately. And unfortunately, I would have liked to see him with Drew Brees and, and see what he could have done. Uh, with Drew Brees, and uh, we could have known if it was the Cowboys or Dak, or you know the coaching scheme in in Dallas, which is getting a lot of criticism. They could have we'll put get into they had another loss with Amari Cooper. Now Saints look pretty look pretty good, but that could have really helped. Uh, you know, an extra weapon there would have been nice. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get into some games. We're gonna go through a few games that we're just gonna rapid fire uh, a few games off. That we need a name for the segment. Super, yeah, we do. The seven seconds or less. <laughs> Quick snap. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, we're gonna get through a couple of these just to get them out of the way, and we'll dive deeper into some some more important games. The first one we're gonna talk about is Atlanta beating Washington. I know both these teams have solid records, uh, but it was pretty much a blowout. The Falcons were up early; they were up twenty-one-seven at halftime. Matt Ryan threw four touchdowns in this game. Tevin Coleman had two receiving touchdowns with Devontae Freeman being out. And Julio Jones had his first touchdown reception of the season. It's a little surprising he hasn't had one yet. Yeah, and they, they beat the the Washington team 38-14. to 14. Alex Smith threw for 300 yards, but when they're behind early, that's just not their forte. They want to run the ball. Alex Smith is not you know that guy that's going to throw from behind and, and catch you in the fourth quarter. They're pretty injured too right now. I think they're missing three offensive linemen. They're yeah, they're extremely banged up. They did trade for Haha Clinton Dix. He was in the secondary in this game. They have a fourth round pick for, to the Packers to get him. So we'll see if he can help their defense moving forward. Their defense has been one of the better defenses in the league, actually surprisingly. So his addition should only help their secondary in the future. I mean, I know they got beat up in this game, but there's been a lot of good teams that have gotten torched by the Falcons offense. So I'm not going to write too much into this, but I still think they're going to be one of the, the team that's going to fight the Eagles for the NFC East. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. They had a, the Eagles had a, uh, the bye, And so I just, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, with Washington, they, uh, Philly and Dallas, I think play this week. That's a big game coming up. So, uh, might, might be a paper tiger over there in Washington right now. We'll see. Yeah, that's going to be a – if the, the Eagles can win that game, it should give them some, some uh, leeway, getting better uh, on track, getting on track to win the division uh, if they can get that win. Some separation, the that's the word I was yeah. looking for. <laughs> it, get over the divisional rival Cowboys and put them down to the three and six potentially. Uh, and the Falcons are trying to climb their way out of a, a one and four hole that they were in. We know that the Panthers and the Saints in the South are obviously the cream of the crops. So Atlanta's trying to fight themselves back into a wild card spot here. 
Or at least into contention, yeah. That yeah. Falcons team's got a lot of talent. I could see them still making a run. I, I think they can, too. I, th- I predicted, I thought they'd they, they win, like, nine games. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs, though, so we'll see if they can they can try to do that. Uh, let's move into the Bears-Bills game. This was just a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> the uh, Bills waste time every week. Man. Yeah, they lost 41-9. to They started Nathan the Peterman again. He threw three interceptions. Peter, man, he's petering out. It's it's just I can't. I, I don't understand how like guys in the NFL, some of these quarterbacks, like even EJ Manuel, guys like Colin Kaepernick, some of these other quarterbacks. You know, honestly, how is Tim Tebow not in the NFL, but Nathan Peterman is? Like you're telling me really that Peterman gives you a better chance to win than Tebow, who's actually won games in the NFL? Like I just, I mean, I'm not advocating necessarily teams go sign Tebow, but. The idea that well, this he's guy that. is just in the NFL is just pathetic. Uh, Tebow's going to be starting the league in AAA for the uh, Mets. I know. That's uh, exciting. He yeah, we'll some see. some real opportunity. But there's nothing really to see here. The Bears did what they should have done and beat a bad team uh, that was missing some quarterbacks. And, uh, I mean, there's just missing everything, man. It, it's not even, yeah, it's not even worth Big talent disparity into. here. Anyway, let's move into the Houston Texans. They have now won six straight games after starting the season 0-3. They beat the Denver Broncos in Denver 19-17. to If you remember, just last week, they traded for Demarius Thomas, who previously played for the Broncos. He had a fourth-round pick. Uh, they threw to him early in this game, though. He only had a few catches. DeAndre Hopkins had 10 catches, 105 yards, had a touchdown. Deshaun Watson had a good game, uh, and then they came back and, and won. It's nice to get him involved a little bit. Hit Thomas just a couple times. Yeah. I mean, they got him two catches on the first drive. Unfortunately, they had three catches in the game. So after that, he kind of petered out. But uh, but the defense held up. That's the biggest thing with Houston is if if the offense can just continue to do what they're doing, the running game has been up and down. And Deshaun Watson's been obviously up and down as well because of the protection. But if the defense can play at, at this level, they're going to be in Keep games. Them. And they're going to have a yeah, good definitely. chance I mean, to win this division for sure. And I'm not sure about once the playoffs come. I'm not sure. Who, it depends who they're going to be playing, obviously. But if that team can get after the quarterback and destroys the offensive line, the Houston might have a, an issue, but right now they're really hot. They're not always winning games pretty, but winning is winning in the NFL. So I can't take too much away from them. And right now with that division, the Titans are, we don't know what they are though. They did just win. Uh, we don't, we know what the Colts are. They're basically just Andrew Luck and that's not enough. We know that. And the Jags are just imploding right now. They're yeah, Fournette's off, coming back. That'll coming be off nice, a bye week. Yeah, Fournette is is supposedly coming back. So play like a game again and we'll get hurt. See, we'll see if if Jacksonville can sort of take themselves out of this uh, out of this malaise. But uh, the Texans right now in the driver's seat in that division. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that, man. I I like the Texans. They're red hot. I know. I would hate to play them right now. Oh, I agree. They got a bye week and then they're playing the Redskins. Week uh, what is that? Thirteen. Week eleven. Week eleven. This week is week ten. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, we got a lot more weeks to go. Let's move into the NFC East. Another ugly game. The Dolphins have somehow are five and four. Uh, they beat the New York Jets. Sam Darnold threw four interceptions in this game. He was injured by the end of this game. He's in a walking boot. It's reported Josh McCown's going to start. I don't know how long he will start for, but uh, the only touchdown in this game came from a pick six that Sam Darnold threw. This is a probably the ugliest game of the week, and uh, you should maybe get your money back from the NFL if you sat down and watched this game. 
It might be the end of a pretty ugly, uh, actually ugly rookie season for Darnold when it comes down to I it. I think if he's healthy, they got to play him more in the season, late in the season. This he's season. young. You got to give him a you know, shot. Give him but more reps. But he doesn't have, you know, Robbie Anderson has been out uh, various points throughout the season. He's missed the last couple games. Quincy Nuno has been out, uh, just came back last week. He's been up and down. The wide receiving core has been fluctuating. The running back room has been fluctuating. But little Powell is on IR now. Sam Darnold didn't have a great line to start with. Uh, the Jets' defense is pretty good. The offense is just bad. And, I mean, you got to play Darnold, but they're playing to give him weapons next season. And so hopefully, you know, whether it's through free agency, they'll have a lot of cap space, obviously. Well, they did it the right way. You take, you got to take the quarterback there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But they're going to have to put, put some um, offensive linemen around him in the offseason and give him a couple more weapons to, to see what he has and, and give him the – the opportunity to succeed because the way that the Jets are presently constructed, not a lot of quarterbacks are going to succeed, much less a rookie quarterback who's 20 years old when he started uh, the season. So the Jets are three and six now. They are, you know, just trying to lose games, though the players aren't. We know that. But Jets fans probably want them to just kind of lose out. And At this point, it looks see, like it's pretty likely. See what it lo- next year looks like, see if you can get a pick. The Dolphins, though, however, inexplicably win random games. Again, they're All above, year long, above 500. <laughs> we don't really know what they are. We don't really know what... Adam Gase has somehow kept them competitive with Brock Osweiler and Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback, so I actually have to give him some credit for mm-hmm. that. And the defense has some talent and occasionally shows up. But well, I Frank just, Gore is man. I just don't know what, mind. I just don't know what this... You mean averaging two and a half yards a carry this week? That was eh, that was this week, but you know what? They pulled out the W. It's just Gore has just been playing solid. I mean, uh, you got to give somebody credit on this re- Dolphins team. He has team. been recently, but I would give their defense credit. Uh, they they got the pick six and scored more points than the offense. The offense scored six points. The defense scored <laughs> seven. So well, they got the Packers this weekend. So uh, yeah, that's going to be a loss. They're going to move back down to five hundred. But we'll see. Maybe it's a trap game for the Packers. I don't see the Packers losing to Brock Osweiler and Lambeau. I just don't see it happening. They're going to they're going to eat him either. alive on yeah. Sunday. You're probably right, and they're they're hungry too because they've lost a couple pretty close ones. Exactly, yeah. The Packers have lost two in a row now. We'll get into them soon as well. Uh, but let's move into the Chiefs, who are also red hot, eight and one. They beat the Cleveland Browns, no surprise. They put up thirty-seven points. Mahomes threw for another three hundred and seventy-five yards, three touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had uh, two touchdowns, had another good game. Travis Kelsey had two receiving They're touchdowns. They're just clicking on all levels the right now. The offense is is on fire. The defense has been slowly getting better. D. Ford has produced well for them this year. Justin Houston is starting to get healthy. If they can get Eric Berry back in the secondary, I think that'll say that again. Yeah, Eric Berry in the secondary, uh, he will help obviously tremendously. He's an All-Pro safety. We don't know what health his health is going to be like. He also blew out his Achilles. He blew his Achilles out last year in week one. It is week 10, and he still has not played. So that's like what I was saying with Des Bryant. It's going to take you at least a year, if not more. That puts him likely out for next season as well. And that you got to give a guy enough time to recover from that, too. Yeah, the guy hasn't played in two full seasons. I just don't see him coming back. But uh, but the Chiefs, obviously, we know, like I said, are, are absolutely red hot because Mahomes is on fire. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what more to, we can say about the Chiefs. I think that uh, – they're, they're the most fun team to watch right now. Oh, I, I anybody. agree with that. Um, and they have the Cardinals this week at home. Oof. So we know that's going to be a slaughter. I see another 40 points probably they're going to put up. I mean, it's just – Maybe not, five touchdowns again be, from Mahomes. It's, yeah, it's not even going to be a fair fight. 
uh, <laughs> to see. To you think it'll be that. over by the first quarter? Probably yes. Yeah. I mean, the Cardinals' defense is respectable. I will give them that, but they just—I mean—they're not going to be able to, con- to contend with Mahomes and with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins and Kareem Hunt and all these. And they'll guys. be trying it's to play the, the Chiefs' tempo, and it's just—it won't work for them. Yeah. Arizona just a slow. Pace team. They are. They've struggled running the ball with David Johnson, though part of that has been they've been behind a lot in games, so they don't run the ball enough. But I still feel bad for that guy, man. They have no. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald is trying his damnedest, but you know he's only so good at what is he thirty five now? So Christian Kirk playing is meaningless games at thirty five. Okay, yeah, I really wish he was somewhere else so that he could actually you know try to win a Super Bowl. But anyway, the Browns, Baker Mayfield. Uh, had a decent game numbers-wise, 297 yards, had two touchdowns, threw a pick. He's been up and down. He started kind of on fire and has really struggled the last couple of weeks. He's been banged up. We've seen a lot of these quarterbacks sort of come crashing down. Sam Darnold, these league in interceptions. Now he's injured. Baker Mayfield has come back down to earth. He's struggling. He's banged up. Josh Allen has been out with his dislocated or with his elbow injury. So with all three of those quarterbacks have struggled. What's Rosen doing? Nothing? He's playing, you know. He's terrible for the Cardinals. He's playing rookie football. Actually, I saw, you know, the stat. It was funny. Uh, the five worst quarterbacks as far as QBR rating this year are the four rookies. Okay. Uh-huh. It went, uh, I believe the worst was Josh Allen. The second was Sam Darnold, I want to say. The third was um, Josh Rosen. The fourth is Eli Manning, and then the fifth is Baker Mayfield. Huh. So sandwiched between all four, the bad rookie core, the, the bad rookie quarterback play is Eli Manning. He's the fifth worst, one of the fifth worst quarterbacks in the NFL, playing with those four rookies. That's, That's rough, man. Right. So the no, Broncos, my... the Broncos, or excuse me, the Browns uh, struggled a little bit with Baker Mayfield the last couple weeks, but we saw they they fired Hugh Jackson. They have a new offensive coordinator. They fired Todd Haley. Greg Williams is the coach, so there's a lot going on there. That's not necessarily all Baker Mayfield. No Trubisky on that list, huh? No, I mean the... he's been he's been better. Uh, he's not one of the five worst quarterbacks in the league, but I certainly wouldn't. They say win I games without him, on him easily. Yeah, let's move into uh, the Titans and the Cowboys. This was uh, Amari Cooper's first game with the Dallas Cowboys. They were all excited to unveil their new shiny toy, and. Amari Cooper did catch a first uh, a touchdown in the beginning uh, of the game. He ended with five catches for 58 yards and a touchdown, but Dak Prescott threw a red zone interception trying to force the ball to Amari Cooper instead of running the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. And the Titans won 28-14, and the game was tied at halftime. And the Cowboys were not down more than seven points until four minutes left in the fourth. They didn't give Zeke a carry in the fourth quarter, and he only had six touches in the second half. Man, that's that's insane to me. The coaching staff for this team is one of the worst in the NFL. I cannot stress that enough. This team is built through the offensive line and through the running game. Yep. And instead, when it's a tie game, they're throwing Dak Prescott out there and expecting him to do everything. I don't understand why they build this team through – running backs through the offensive line and built to run, and then they never run the ball. Born to run. Yeah. They're born to run, and they don't run the ball. They Man, throw it, the ball, and it ends up backfiring on them consistently, and they never changed their MO. There's nothing more disheartening either than uh, than a red zone interception. Maybe a safety, but in pretty much all of sports, I can't think of anything that's as uh, 
It just cuts your gut guts out as the a Dallas fan. Dallas Cowboys are guilty of doing that on a weekly basis. Jerry Jones builds this team up consistently, and their delusional fans build the team up obviously way more than they deserve. That feels kind of like I Packers fans even, sometimes. Well, the Packers have success to show for it. Aaron Rodgers makes the playoffs every year. Almost every the Cowboys year. don't. Yeah. Cowboys go 8-8 eight and eight every year, and they keep their coach, who is holding their franchise quarterback clearly. He's holding back their entire offense, and yet Jerry Jones does not get rid of him every year. I mean, Jay's, like I said, the Cowboys He's don't care about winning. He's never going to change his ways either. Cowboys don't care about winning because they know all their fans will watch and buy gear and all that anyway. They sell out their stadium, yada, yada, yada. And Jerry Jones has no incentive to change because people are coming to him win or loss because – the Cowboys are apparently interesting even when they lose. I mean, they're three and five now. And I don't see them winning this week on the road in Philly. That's going to be a blowout. That it's is going to go the other a, way. I think that's going to be a very telling game for the Cowboys and where they're at. And I don't necessarily think Jerry Jones wants to make a coaching change in season because that doesn't really seem to be his, his M.O., and he likes Jason Garrett, obviously. He's outside of Tony Romo, maybe his other adopted son. Seems like he's a little crazy. And it's going to stick with him. And I think if the Cowboys continue to lose in embarrassing fashion, I don't know if Jerry Jones will have a choice but to fire Jason Garrett in season. Though what I suspect will end up happening is the Cowboys will be just good enough to maybe go 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight and... There'll be some excuses made by Jerry and or Jason Garrett and or the rest of the Cowboys and Cowboys fans Mm -hmm. on why they weren't better than that, why they didn't make the playoffs. But you have one more year of Dak Prescott on his rookie deal after this year, this year and then next year. After that, you have to decide if you're going to pay him franchise quarterback money. I think they're going to pay him. I think they're going to keep him. Jerry Jones did come out and say that he – expects to extend Dax Prescott. Again, what do you pay him, though? Do you want to pay him the same as Aaron Rodgers? Market value? I don't know, That's man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you, he, if he's the next guy up, do you want to commit 30-plus million? I don't like him that much, personally. He, he's good, though. He's got a lot of talent. Still some potential there. It's just the situation he's finding himself in. I think what you have to do in Dallas is get rid of Jason Garrett after this year and hire a new coach and see see what you got in all your players with Dak with Mm -hmm. a new coach with somebody that actually can build the offense around him to his strengths because Jason Garrett can't build a thing. Yeah, he couldn't even build IKEA furniture. It's it's sad and like I said, I kind of feel bad for Cowboys fans to some extent, but then I don't just because I know that. Most of them just continue to, like, rationalize it and just... That's like Lakers fans this year. Like, they suddenly think they're going to win the championship because yeah, you got LeBron. Sudden, suddenly Luke Walton's on the hot seat, even though he's a good coach. Like, what do you... LeBron what did you expect, consistently man? struggle out the gate. But yeah. you put Stevenson, Beasley, McGee, Rondo, Alonzo Ball, and LeBron James on the on the floor together, and, and uh, somehow you think it's working out. And, and it, it clearly it didn't, but... They never listen to us, man. Okay. Well, anyway, so uh, with the Titans, with the Titans, um, they are now four and four, and in this division, they're only two games, uh, two games beneath the Texans, who are on fire right now. 
Yeah, um, I don't see him catching the Texans. I don't. E- I don't necessarily either. Um, and so I think that. Do you think the Jaguars are going to climb themselves out of the hole or no? You know, I like them at the beginning of the season, so I kind of have to go with that pick just based on my uh, my gut earlier in the year. I hate to just admit it and throw in the towel on anything. So you, I mean, I can understand that. Do you think? Uh, do you? Th- I mean, they play the Colts this Sunday in Indy on the road. I mean, we know the Colts are obviously three and five as well. It's a big divisional game. Do you think that they can win that game on the road? Yeah, definitely. Okay, are you, are no you predicting them to win? Yeah, you know what? We I used to call games every week. I don't know why I've been off of the tr- train for a second, but I'm gonna say you're gonna go with them. I'm going with the Jaguars this okay. week. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm My gonna actually I think that the they week. can win as well. Uh, it's gonna obviously depend a lot on Andrew Luck and what he can do. And Marlon Mack, they've started to find a running game. Marlon Mack has had back to back hundred plus yard games and scored some touchdowns. If they can get the running game going again against Jacksonville, who's been consistently struggling uh, on defense the yeah. last few weeks. They they could keep, keep they could score enough points to where I think Bortles might not be able to come back and that's really the way teams are going to beat Jacksonville is to score early and go up on them and try to force Bortles to come back and get them away from the running Fight game. Fight uphill, yeah, that and makes I, sense. Yeah, so I think that doing that is is going to be the recipe to success for beating the Jaguars moving forward. And I mean they've obviously been susceptible to that earlier in the line. season, yeah. but uh, I think this is certainly a winnable game for them this week and uh yeah let's uh so so the titans um next week will play let me just look at that real fast who are they playing or did we say they had a bye week next week no they don't have a bye i don't think let me check for you quick oh they play the patriots they're gonna lose that game i forgot that everyone's been talking about malcolm butler who now plays for the tennessee titans uh will now play the patriots who obviously bill belichick benched him in the super bowl last year and they lost so we'll never know if the game would have been different had he played but uh they let him go or he was a free agent this offseason and he elected to sign in tennessee and now obviously they play this week i don't think that the patriots are going to target him unnecessarily or anything they're just going to go about their business and win yeah they were playing that hurry up game last week yeah and uh yeah they, they they drew the the packers off guard with that and uh they were very successful and the packers couldn't substitute I think the the Titans, I mean, obviously, uh, Mike Vrabel is the coach of the Titans. He comes from New England. Uh, so I think that uh, he will have um, an idea of yeah. what yeah of what the Patriots are going to want to do. But I certainly don't believe that, even with that knowledge, that they're going to win that, win that football game. Hey, I'm with you. Um, I don't think anybody's going to beat the Patriots for a while. I wish it wasn't true. <laughs> Let's move into the NFC North. The Minnesota Vikings beat the Detroit Lions 24 to 9. It was a ugly ugly game for the Lions. I had the Lions def- or excuse me, the Vikings defense. So it was great for me, but they sacked Matthew Stafford a franchise record 10 times. 10, ten sacks, really? 10 sacks. Yes. Man, and Stafford threw that. for under 200 yards. Kirk Cousins didn't have to do a lot. Adam Thielen broke his 100-yard streak he had eight consecutive games it was tied for the nfl record he did not get to nine mostly because Kirk cousins threw for only 164 yards because they did not need to throw the ball they were winning and in control of this game most most of the game and it was never really that close it's a big loss for the lions they'd won this week week they'd be in uh right in the thick of things right now still for that division but they kind of i mean they still are they're only a two what two games out yeah but i just i don't think they're they don't have it they don't. I, they never. They never do. Like this. They never actually do. But there was a lot of talk during the game about the Golden Tate trade, 
and how that affected Matt Stafford. We don't we'll see how the Lions, you know, play the rest of the season. But this was the first game without Golden Tate, and Matt Stafford got sacked a bunch of times. He was holding the ball a little bit too long. Uh, he didn't have a he touchdown. He didn't throw for over 200 yards, and they were losing the whole game. And he did not throw for 200 yards. So He's and this guy. is a guy that can throw for 4,000 yards every season. So I, I think that that was telling to some extent because he didn't have his favorite receiver and maybe this offense just didn't click the way that they wanted it to right out of the gate with that. Yeah. He, I mean, he's the kind of guy who kind of, I feel like he puts up some empty, empty stats because oh, he never goes anywhere. But and they're always losing at, though. When you look at it on paper, man, this Lions team, one of these years should just have a decent year. It's Detroit though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Next week they play the Bears in Chicago. It'll be another divisional game. If they lose that game, the season's over. If they win that game, yeah, you know the Bears will be five and four. The Lions would be four and five. So that you're right, they would only be a game out if they win next week, but that's going to be a tall order to win in Chicago, but that's what they're going to have to do. You're never going to go anywhere if you can't beat divisional foes. Well, right, and to win this division, you're going to have to go through through them. So I, I just, like I said, I don't see it happening for Detroit. Uh, and the, the Vikings are on a bye this week, so they'll get to watch everyone else uh, and see who comes out. Uh, they did their job in this one. And uh, there's not much more to say. Uh, like I said, the Vikings defense is starting to get back on track, which is one of the things that bothered them and plagued them at the beginning of the season. And it was one of the reasons they did not, uh, their record didn't shake out the way they wanted it to, even though the offense was playing really well. Adam Thielen's obviously playing pretty well, really well. Kirk Cousins has looked pretty good. Uh, the running game has been okay. Uh, Dalvin Cook's been in and out, but Latavius Murray's held it down. I like Kyle successfully. Andall, too. Yeah, they have a lot of weapons on offense. The offensive line is still a little bit shaky. But I um, I think that they're going to be the best. I think they're the best team in this division. I think they're going to come out on top. But the Packers have a, a, a tall order this week to just go out and get a victory to see if they can start climbing back into this race. Man, I want to see the Dolphins hang in that game. I really do. Yeah, I just don't think it'll happen. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. Let's move into your team. My Seahawks. The Seahawks. They lost at home to the Chargers. They Seahawks were, dropped to 4-4. Four and four. Go ahead. They were really making a game out of this until that pick six in the fourth quarter. And they had a chance at the end. I don't know if you watched the game, but Russell Wilson at the end of the game had a chance to throw a touchdown and tie in uh, David Moore. Or is it Derek Moore? I forgot. Yeah, if it, it just went it, through it, his hands. It went through. Yeah, he dropped David it. Uh, they would have had to get the two-point conversion as would, well they have so, some good momentum going though and when they get it going at home anything can happen sometimes. russell wilson is one of the better qbs in the league unfortunately i feel like between his offensive line and then the weapons around him he doesn't have the help maybe that a lot of other qbs around the league have if you gave him a bone i mean i like doug baldwin but he is not right now not a bona fide number one he's been injured as I like well like it too but it's the same uh, deal right exactly if if he had a you know couple true you know or a couple you know a, a true one number one receiver if he had a better receiving tight end uh, i know they got rid of jimmy graham they've been kind of mixing and matching with rookies they signed ed dixon you know well he hasn't done much yeah he's out for the year though um so they've had trouble with the receiving tight end so they don't have a lot of weapons for Russell Wilson to throw the ball to. I think that's one of the biggest things holding them back. Moore looked like he was going to have a – he was having a breakout week. Like the last couple of weeks he was having some good games. And he, this week uh, he just didn't have it really against the Chargers. 
And I think a lot of it's just, like I said, a talent thing. Like, Russell Wilson's going to throw to guys. Somebody has to catch the ball for this team besides Doug Baldwin, and it will happen, but uh, he just doesn't have the talent around him that they need. A, I know they've saved a lot of money in the last year or two getting rid of a, pretty much everyone from the Legion of Boom. Earl Thomas will be gone after this season. Cam Chancellor's gone. Michael Bennett's gone. Richard Sherman's gone, et cetera. So they're going to have money to invest in the offensive line if they want to. They're going to have money to invest in weapons for Russell Wilson if they want to. They're going to have money to help rebuild the defense if they want to. Kind of, I expect them to do all three in various fashions. It's a well-run team, man. They, but, they know what they're doing. Right. They're going to have uh, hopefully hit on some draft picks. I mean, Rashad Penny has not looked good, their first-round pick, their running back. He's third string right now playing behind Carson and, and, Mike uh, Davis. and Mike Davis. So that that I didn't like the pick at that time, but that's uh, one of the things that they can't afford moving forward is to blow first-round picks when you got Russell Wilson in place, but you have to put the pieces around him to to get them over that hump. And for the Chargers, they move now to 6-2. and two. They're the really, really hot. They're going to, of course, crush the Raiders. They're, the Raiders are terrible. They got blown out by... Nick Mullins, I talked about that last week. I don't even want to go on about the Raiders because it'll just make me mad. But uh, then they cut Bruce Irvin now, uh, who actually uh, we didn't talk about, but they yeah, I'll, I'll get into that after I talk about the Chargers. But the Chargers are blue, blossoming right at the right time. They got Melvin Gordon back in this game. He had a touchdown at over 100 yards. We don't know if Joey Bosa will be back this weekend uh, or next weekend, but he is nearing a return. He is a premier pass rusher that will add to that defense. Derwin James, their first-round pick, has played excellent. This Chargers team is is not one to sleep on. They have not had playoff success in the re- in the recent future in the recent past, and they've had a lot of issues late in games. Something? They've had kicking issues. What I usually predict is that the Chargers will either get right up to the edge of like the playoff line and then lose in spectacular fashion. Or they'll make the playoffs and they'll probably lose in the in the first round. That seems to be what happens a lot in, in Rivers' tenure there. It would have been really interesting to see if they had never drafted Rivers and they had kept Breeze, where that team would have gone if they had ever won if Breeze had ever won a Super Bowl there or more than one, even though he's only won one in New Orleans. But I think a lot uh, of things changed when they left San Diego. It seemed like they kinda broke that curse a little bit. But well, we'll see. I mean, that's still to come. I mean, they, they did the same thing last year. They had a bunch of special teams errors, a bunch of kicking errors, et cetera, that's plagued them. And they've had the same thing this year. They cut and replaced their kicker last week because Sturgis had missed, like, nine kicks in ten games or something absurd like that. It was it was ridiculous. He's missing almost a kick a game. Whether there's a, a field goal or an extra point, he only made, like, two-thirds of his field goals. Like, it was not good. I've seen a lot of bad kicking in the NFL this year. It's been bad, but the Chargers always have especially bad kicking for some reason. Huh. But uh, let's move into the game of the week. The L.A. Rams went to New Orleans to play the Saints. It was back and forth. The Saints took a big lead to start, but uh, the Rams clawed their way back in to tie it at 35. And after that, the Saints scored 10 unanswered points, really uh, accentuated by that big touchdown to Michael Thomas over Marcus Peters. Michael Thomas had 12 catches, 211 yards, had that touchdown. Alvin Kamara had another couple touchdowns, and the Saints uh, won over the Rams. And I think it was important to notice that the Saints actually had the better defense in this game, and that was really eventually what won them the game. Marcus Peters took a chance on that ball, went over his head, and, and Michael Thomas scored. He did the Joe Horn uh, throwback homage where he brought out the flip phone from underneath the goalpost. He did get a penalty, which could have cost them because they got 15 yards on the kickoff, and the Rams can score from anywhere. 
but uh, the Rams are unable to to come out with a win. Yeah. Ty Gurley only had 68 yards rushing, uh, season low. Uh, Goff threw for almost 400 yards, but uh, but it wasn't enough. Only th- only 13 carries for Gurley. Yeah, I, I was surprised that they didn't get him the ball more in the beginning of the game. I was really surprised they kept throwing and throwing and throwing, and I was like, keep Drew Brees off the field, keep your defense off the field. You have the best running back in the NFL. Run the football. And I, I saw some stat earlier today that like when uh, Gurley gets 18 or more carries, they're undefeated. What do I repeatedly say every week when Run we're the on ball. the show? That's what I say. I say it every week to all these teams, and again, I mean, not that they're they listening just don't to hear us, you. but they like, don't hear you. yeah, but it just that's the recipe for success on offense is to be able to run the football. If you can run the football, you can run play action, you can run bootlegs, you can open up the offense yeah. way more, and you keep your defense fresh, you keep them off the field, you control the time of possession, all of those things, plus the offensive linemen like a lot more when they are initiating contact and when they are initiating and controlling everything versus letting pass rushers come at them every play. It it's, makes sense. It's a, it's a, Like I said, it's a trend in the NFL. Everyone's so pass-happy, and they continually – actually shoot themselves in the foot by passing the ball too much. We saw the Dallas Cowboys do this. They didn't give Zeke the ball, even though they spent the number four overall pick on Zeke. They spent a first-round pick on Zach Martin. They spent a first-round pick on Travis Frederick. They spent a first-round pick on Tyron Smith. They signed Lil Collins uh, to a deal. They had Ron Leary there before. They spent a was it, second or third-round pick this year on Connor Williams, another uh, offense. I mean, they're investing all this capital into running the football all these first-round picks, all these contracts, and yet they don't do it when the time comes. It's just stupid to me. Yeah, I don't really understand why you're seeing it so widespread this this year. It's not like it's one team Coaches outsmart it. themselves, yeah. man. They, they outcoach themselves. They, they try to get too creative and too – sometimes the right play when you're on the one-yard line is to give the running back the ball, is to give the fullback the ball. 99% is of the to time. QB sneak it in. Tom I mean, Brady. The, the numbers on QB sneaks are – are ridiculous too. Like I, I just don't understand why teams don't do that more often. But that's just me. Yeah, we uh, should move on. Yeah, the Rams um, this week will play the uh, Seahawks, the Seahawks at home. Again, yeah. yeah, that's Sucks. gonna be a big game. The Seahawks lose. Uh, they're starting to kind of falter. They've, they've lost two in a row now. They've had a rough schedule though. They've already yeah. played the Rams. They just had the Chargers. Yeah. But they'll, tough. they'll get to play the Niners again eventually, the, and the Cardinals. That'll be nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Those will be easy ones. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move into the Packers and the Patriots. This was another uh, big game. The it was pretty close uh, until until the, fourth. until the fourth quarter when Aaron Jones fumbled. Last week it was Ty Montgomery who fumbled. This week Aaron Jones fumbles in the fourth quarter. Those turnovers will kill you. Tie game. The Packers had the ball moving down the field in, in New England territory, cough up the ball, Brady scores, and then they score again later, that big touchdown to Josh Gordon. He had his breakout game with the Patriots. Five catches, 130 yards. He had a big touchdown. They used Cordell Patterson on the backfield again. They used James White. And the Packers just really didn't have an answer for the Patriots' offense, even without Gronkowski. James White's been amazing this year. He has. Aaron Rodgers struggled a little bit in this game through for only 259 yards, two touchdowns. I know he was down a couple receivers, uh, though Devontae Adams played. He found a good new weapon, though, in Valdez Scantling. I mean, we saw him at a a touchdown catch. He's he's been solid for them. He can, I mean, Rodgers makes everyone look really good. It's true. Uh, Geronimo Allison is going to miss some time with a core muscle injury. I think he needed that. He had surgery, so he was the Packers' number three receiver. Cobb has been banged up. 
He is expected to play this week. We don't know how much he's going to play, though. So Rodgers kind of had to make do. The running game had really been working. Aaron Jones had been really good. I think he was averaging like five, six yards of carry at the time. And then he had that costly fumble. And it's really just what New England does. They wait for you to beat yourself. They don't yep. make mistakes, and they wait for you to make that one mistake. And then once they did, the game was basically over. They play smart, and they put you in the position to make mistakes. I think it's something that's a little under it. Created about them. Oh, I, I fully the agree. They, they have a very amazing. much bend, not break defense, uh, and that kind of led them to that. And like I said, the Patriots have the Titans. We think they'll win that game. Packers play Dolphins at home. Rodgers is starting to get in into shape. I think he had the knee brace off this week. He so. did. It was his first week without without the knee brace. And I think he'll torch the Dolphins this week for sure. Packers will get back to five hundred and be four four and one. I think they're probably gonna. He's gonna torch a lot of people. Coming yeah. up, I mean, they lost a couple tough ones the last couple of weeks. Let's move into a couple of games that will lead us into the Thursday game. I want to get through these pretty quickly because we want to get into some basketball. Let's quickly talk about um, the Panthers and Buccaneers first. Ryan Fitzpatrick started. It was ugly at first. They were down 35-14. Fitzpatrick yeah, tried to make a little something happen in the second half. Threw for four touchdowns, but uh, ultimately they lost to Carolina, forty-two to twenty-eight. Carolina moved to six and two, though they lost last night, so now they're six and three. They're in the first wild card spot. They've been one of the hottest teams in football, and they beat up on the Bucks, who are, I mean, we know Fitzpatrick has led them on some magical carpet rides, but they're not really a good team, and the Panthers beat up on them pretty well and and looked to be in a good spot until last night against the Steelers. Yeah, um, but I still like them moving forward. The Bucks were another team at the beginning of the year, like the Jaguars, it seemed like they had something, and they just don't have it. I mean, Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, something in the water? Nobody expected anything from Tampa Bay, though, this season. Jacksonville had Super Bowl expectations. Tampa Bay was not expected to even make the playoffs, so I think that that's a big difference. I mean, we know Ryan Fitzpatrick is limited. I mean, he'll have some good games, but he'll also have those terrible games. He's a little Plus, exposed. We know that Blake Bortles will also have those terrible games as well. But, uh, like I said, the Bucks are in a position right now where we don't know what they're going to do with Jameis Winston. We don't know if they're going to retain Dirk Cutter, their head coach, because he was basically hired because of his relationship with Winston. If they no longer want Winston, do you really want Dirk Cutter? That whole franchise is in flux right now. They don't know if they have their quarterback. They don't know if, they don't know if they have their coach. The Bucking, or excuse me, the Panthers are were on the rise. Uh, we'll talk about their game last night, but... Uh, I still think this is probably a playoff team, and, and the NFC South is shaping up as one of the better divisions of football. Yeah. Let's move into the the um, Steelers' side of it. They played the Ravens this week. The Ravens were 4-2 and two to start the year out. It looks really, really good. They have now lost three in a row. Steelers are getting hot. Also, right now, they're 5-2-1 and one after um, a, a abysmal start to the season. Roethlisberger had another good game. James Conner had over 100 yards. He's making people forget about, I mean, as relatively speaking, making people forget about Le'Veon Bell with his production. And it's it's hard at this point, even if Bell comes back, to really just thrust him back in there over a dude, over a dude like Connor. Right. I think if Bell does come back, which we don't know if he will, I, I don't think he will actually at this point. It doesn't make sense. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute or two too. But I think you have to get Connor involved because he's shown that he can do a lot of the things that Le'Veon can do. He can still he can pass catch. He can run. 
Uh, he's he had another touchdown last night. I mean, he's he's been really solid. I know he's now in the concussion protocol, so maybe it is a good thing to have Le'Veon Bell come in, and you know at least you'll have someone to now replace him if James Conner has to miss time. But for Le'Veon Bell, I don't think it makes sense. He sat out and gave up nine million dollars so far. He would come back and play for only about five million. If he gets hurt, he'd be losing out on way more money and being paid less. So I, I don't think it really makes sense for him to come back this season at all. I think it's the safer play to just sit out the whole year and take your guaranteed money in free agency this year because you're risking everything if you come back for five million bucks. Yeah, I can't really argue with it there. It, it's just to me, I would not. I would sit out and and make. And at this point, you're kind of pot committed. Exactly. You're committed like, to that, and you say, you know what, I'm going to keep the wear and tear off my body because, again, he could do what happened to Des Bryant. He could report and, in practice, could blow out his Achilles, and then he's got nothing after that five, no guarantees after that he comes back for that $5 million. So I think it's just smart of him, and maybe he watches what happened to Des Bryant today and say, you know, I don't want that to happen to me. So I don't want to come. I don't want to play, and I think that's actually the smartest move on his part to keep all that wear and tear off his body. But let's get into the game last night. So the Panthers traveled on a short week to Pittsburgh. They got just shellacked 52-21. to 21. The game was 31-14 uh, to 14 and a half time. Roethlisberger threw five touchdowns. Yeah, Cam Newton threw a pick six to basically start the game out. Roethlisberger threw a 75-yard touchdown to Juju Smith-Schuster on the first play from scrimmage on their end. Antonio Brown caught a touchdown. James Conner had a touchdown. Yeah, Roethlisberger had five touchdowns. I mean, they beat him down. Christian McCaffrey had three touchdowns, all three touchdowns for the Panthers. I think this is one of those games that you just kind of toss away. It's going to happen once in a while. Teams are just going to get blown out. They're not going to have it. It's a Thursday night game, too. Those games are historically been bad at not only just bad football, but bad at gauging how good and bad teams are. I mean, we saw... The Niners last week dropped 34 on the Raiders and beat them 34-3 to in an absolute blowout. So these Thursday games seem to be more lopsided than other games, so I'm not really going to read much too much it. into yeah. that. Yeah, and both Mike Tomlin, the Steelers coach, said his team wasn't that good, and Ron Rivera, the Carolina Panthers coach, basically said like their team isn't that bad. They know that. Uh, so it's one of those games I think you just kind of toss out. If you're around football long enough, you're going to see a blowout game every once in a while. You just don't have it. But... We, like we said, we talked about Le'Veon Bell still not reporting. He has until Tuesday to report. If Le'Veon Bell does not report by Tuesday, he will be ineligible to play the rest of the season. So we'll know by Tuesday whether or not this saga is going to come to an end or whether or not Le'Veon Bell will be back and playing in Pittsburgh. Maybe the Connor injury prompts him to come back. Maybe the Des Bryant injury prompts him to stay away. We will see. You think uh, the wreck? Steeler's record has anything to do with it, though, for him? When you're looking Not at necessarily. I mean, he could potentially come back for, you know, a playoff run or a Super Bowl run, potentially. But again, then you're playing in the playoffs for what? I mean, you're not really getting paid. I mean, he's getting paid, but not, not commensurate not with his, his contract. Yeah. Right. And then again, if you get hurt in the playoffs, like, let's say for some reason he tears an ACL in the playoffs, right? Not only are you going to miss, you know, you're going to miss the entire next season if he gets hurt. If he comes out and plays now and tears an ACL, tears an Achilles, you know, has a has a blows out a knee, whatever it is, he has a you know nine to twelve or more lo- month long rehab. He's going to miss the entire season next year. So at this point, like I said, I just think it's been more beneficial for him to sit. 
It makes and sense. And not just come out and play no matter what the Steelers' record is, no matter what James Conner's doing, whether or not they'll make the Super Bowl, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I just wonder how many chances the guy's going to get at making a Super Bowl run. There's not going to be many That's gotta in one person's career. But, again, is 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 a Super Bowl run worth potentially losing out $30, $40, million for? I mean, everyone's going to be different. Everyone's yeah. going to prioritize things differently. There's a lot of guys that maybe would give anything to play in a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl. Uh, and there's a lot of guys that wouldn't give that money back to win or play in a Super Bowl. Nobody um, really knows what Bell's thinking at this point. And I think part of it, too, is, you know, it's New England there, too. Like, can the Steelers, they've struggled trying to beat New England. They would likely have to go to New England uh, to play in Foxborough, and they've struggled there. I just, if those two had to play in the playoffs, like both teams fully healthy, Patriots have Gronk, et cetera. We saw it play out last year with Bell, and the Patriots won. So, yeah, I wouldn't put my money point. on the Steelers. And even if they got to the Super Bowl, would you put the Steelers over the Rams or the Saints? That's a tough one. I might take them kind of close with the Rams. Well, it it just depends. You know, I picked the Saints and the Steelers. I think to be in the Super Bowl, I picked the Saints to win. I thought the Steelers defense would be better. They're starting to click right now at the right time. I'm just I wanted to pick them over New England because I hate New England. But if I had to put money on those two playing, yeah. I'd put money on New England. Yeah, you know what? It'd definitely take New England over him. Right. If you had to bet real money, like, out of your bank account, who would you or bet your Bitcoin, money on? Or Bitcoin, maybe. Yeah, who would you bet your money on? You're going to bet your money on New England. So Depends what the line is. I actually might take the Steelers if it's a big enough line. Well, yeah, line-wise. I'm just talking flat out, you know, win, Straight loss. Up. Yeah, who wins? Um, <laughs> let's move into the NBA now because we Oof. only got about 10 minutes left. I know there's a lot to slog through. Let's start in the nation's capital right now the wizards lost again tonight to Oof. the orlando magic it's pathetic they're now two and nine and people are already talking about point guard john wall's extension and trying to move they're talking about can we move john wall is his contract already the worst contract in the nba and let me remind everyone his extension hasn't even kicked in yet it will kick in Next year. What is it, five years, too? It's it a four? four a year, I think. Okay. But no options. Either way, yeah. It's it's just ugly. Is He's going to start at $37 million <laughs> next year. It's a Supermax. Super, he's got the Supermax. Yeah. Uh, that's scary, that's right? That's disgusting. What's, yeah. Beal, what's Beal making? Uh, he signed a, f- I figured it was a five-year, 138. So he's making, like, nearly 30 a year, almost to, like, 27-plus. They're Something they're really like missing Gortat right now. Yeah, well, Dwight Howard, you know, he's yeah, a cursed he player. He's, he's like Carmelo. It's like anywhere he goes. Part of that, yeah. It's just a locker room curse. That's why he's the been Wizards on so many were teams. the Wizards were ready for this anyway. They, John Wall has been just he hasn't played well this year. Still has not improved his shot enough to other than that one playoff series a couple of years ago. Yeah. The, you mean the playoff series where they won game six and were all jazzed up and then got blowed out in yep. game seven and just were embarrassed and pretending like uh, like when they won game six, John Wall jumped up on the scorer's table and was acting like they just won like the NBA finals. Yep. And he hit a game-winning shot in a game six. Like, yeah. Some some guys will just have, you know, one good playoff series. We see it all the time. You see it with uh, – well, John I gotta Hansen. ask, like, are we sure John Wall's like better than Bradley Beal now? 
I don't think so. I, you know, I'm just kind of done with John Wall, to be honest with you. John Wall right now, he's averaging 21.5 points this year, which is actually uh, his second best in his career. Uh, he's only shooting 28% from the from three right now. He's shooting 46% from the field, so that's not too bad. But 28% from three, not good enough. He shot 37% last year. I hate to blame everything on him, but he's got some good – Role players on that team. He's shooting only seventy one percent from the line, which is uh, which is not good. But for a point guard, you he's can't shooting really do seventy. That. Or his, uh, his, uh, he's averaging only seven point six assists, down from nine and a half last year. In the three previous seasons, he averaged over ten. Uh, so I think the numbers are a little misleading actually, with Wall. Well, his assist total or his assist rate right now is actually his career low, tied for his career low, uh, and he's has four turnovers a game right now, which again is more. Uh, second most in his career as well. So he's struggling a little bit right now, though, yeah, some of the stats are a little bit misleading as far as uh, point or total-wise. Uh, but uh, like Garbage but team like that. I can't believe they're this bad, though. I got to tell you. I mean, they have Markeith Morris. They have Otto Porter. They have Bradley Beal. They have Dwight Howard. They, who's they that have Kelly Oubre. Yeah, Oubre's great. Like, they have some decent players. They have Sadoransky. Like, they have some guys. I think part of it is Scott Brooks sucks. I'm sorry. He's not oh, yeah. a good head coach. Scooter? He struggled with Russell Westbrook and with Kevin Durant and Serge Ibaka in Oklahoma. I mean, not that he struggled. They, you know, went to the finals and et cetera. But he, I think, was just there for – like the talent brought them there. I don't – and they, that was when they had James Harden too. So they had basically like three, three MVP players on that team and, and they got to the, the finals. Like, of course they should have got there. Uh, but with – Washington, we know that this team, the talent-wise, it just doesn't stack up, and he's not going to take them anywhere over the top. I think he's going to get fired. I think you just need shooting in the in that backcourt right now. Derrick Rose has had a resurgence. Let's chat about that game, a little man. bit. You he had a fifty-point game. It? He had another what was it like twenty-eight the other day? He dropped like thirty or was it thirty? I forget. But I think it might have been. He's 30. had a, a resurgence, even though Minnesota has struggled. Cat Carl Anthony Towns has regressed. Wiggins has regressed. Butler's playing like every other game. I don't know what's going on there. I think they need to move Butler sooner than later. It's clearly affecting Carl Anthony Towns. It's affecting the rest of this team. They've not been good out of the ba- sure. out of the gate. And the other team in the Western Conference that's been a huge disappointment has been Houston. They lost again last night, scoring a, a Mike D'Antoni low with the Rockets, 80 points. Chris Paul has struggled out of the gate. He's shooting under 40% to start the year, though he's apparently dealing with an undisclosed elbow injury. They're experiencing some Dan, uh, D'Antoni fatigue. It's mellow, man. It's part of partly mellow. Their defense sucks because D'Antoni doesn't know how to coach it, and they're trying to play mellow. That was never a good idea in the first place. I tried to warn. I've been trying to warn everybody about mellow for years, and like everyone just says, oh, he's still a superstar. He still averaged twenty a game. I don't care. He's a Glenn negative. He's a, a negative when he's on the floor. He doesn't make your team better in any situation. And he just chucks up mid rangers like every year. I it's know. Just, like, 95% of his shots are mid-rangers, something crazy like that. Because he doesn't like getting blocked because he, he looks bad. Yeah, it's he's all about how he looks. afraid of looking bad. Yep. It's all about how he looks. And, you know, he's not quick enough off the dribble anymore because he's thick. Uh, and so he can't come off the dribble. He's not breaking down guys. All he's doing is dribble-dribble pull-ups. And that's all he does. Th- that's what I'm saying. It's, it's just ugly to watch. It's bad basketball. And, like I said... He's finally shooting more threes. Let's get into some good basketball. The Milwaukee Bucks beat my Golden State Warriors last night. It was a bloodbath, man. It was. Curry had to leave. He has an adductor strain, which is like a groin injury. 
The MRI results came back today. They were apparently encouraging, according to Steve Kerr. So it doesn't sound like he's going to miss too much time. But I'm okay with Probably them. Like they need to something. rest Curry. It really only matters about the postseason. And I really Eventually, think they're going to have to bring in DeMarcus Cousins, too. So these guys are going to rest throughout the year. I'm not really worried about that. And this is really just more about how good the Bucks are looking right now. It doesn't really have that Giannis much to do with just the Warriors. Was on fire. And Draymond didn't play yesterday, either. We hit some lucky so. shots, too. Connaughton had a couple bank threes in there. And wh- any night where you're banking a three at the end of the shot clock, like yeah. you, the luck is in your favor. And I understand Bucks fans being excited about beating the Warriors. And it was in Oakland. I didn't Oakland. suspect us winning so that game. I, I can understand the excitement, but the Warriors don't care about that. They're they have the they're with the long term right now. That's all that they're thinking about. They honestly could be the second or third seed probably in the West, and it wouldn't even matter. Like LeBron a couple years ago, with the last several years in the East, it didn't matter what seed he was in the in the, in the East. He didn't care about the regular season because he knew once playoff time, they were better and they're gonna win series. And that, that's what's gonna happen with Golden State. They're gonna win series no matter what. Doesn't matter where they are. They'll probably end up being still one or two. Because who's going to challenge them? Denver. Like, yeah, you think That's Denver's can keep that up all year? Like, who's well, going to challenge them? Denver's probably the best bet right now. To Houston them. was the best bet originally, but they're falling off a cliff. So, I just I don't know who's going to challenge them there. But the Lakers, a team that many people have suggested or thought that could challenge the Warriors with LeBron James coming, even though he's playing with a bunch of misfits. misfits. They brought in Tyson Chandler, a vet from Phoenix to help in the guard, in the center rotation. He'll help them with some, some defense, but it doesn't help anywhere else. He still doesn't – obviously, he's not a shooter or offensive player, which is one of their biggest issues right now is shooting. And he's pretty much done. His tank's basically on empty at this point. Right. It's and like he's going to be Bogan like a, a mentor. Yeah, and so I, I just – to me, like I said, I didn't really – not that I don't understand the move because I do like Tyson Chandler. I just – I didn't understand all the Lakers' moves to begin with, but I honestly think that we're going to see – Lonzo Ball or Brandon Ingram or both traded either this season or like in the off season because they're going to need a second star and maybe they trade for one of those guys and then also sign a guy. I don't know. We'll see. But we got a, a jet right Wrap now. Up, huh? uh, yeah. The Celtics are also struggling. They had a big comeback win, but now they lost today to the jazz, but this has been top of the key. I'm Stefan. I'm Justin. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Stefan sports at Justin WXRW. And <laughs> find our iTunes page has all of our archived shows and um, all of our archived podcasts. We'll be back next Friday on River West Radio from 10 to 11 p.m. Central Time, 104.1 Milwaukee. You can listen on riverwestradio.com slash live as well. Same rap channel. Same rap time. <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, we'll be back next week, everyone. Have a good week. And uh, go Raiders. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.